Welcome to Bucky's Pega Guided Adventures. In this week's episode, we interviewed Shay Mitchell. She's a master Reiki healer. Actually, she's the master Reiki healer that I use frequently, and she's extremely proficient at what she does. Uh, she's going to go over everything Reiki and energy healing and how, uh, how that applies to, uh, to us and to everything and to everyone. If you want to check her out, you can try trulyyouwell.ca. That's trulyyouwell.ca. And I'd highly recommend checking it out. As I said, she's very good at what she does. Without further ado, grab yourself a nice cold beverage and enjoy the show. Hey, Shay, welcome very much to the podcast. It's really good to have you on here. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, my pleasure. So, um, this week we're doing Reiki and spiritual energy healing. I was wondering if you could uh, give me a brief history of what Reiki is all about. Sure. Um, Reiki has been around... um, the Yusui line has been around for about a hundred years now. Um, it was thought of to be the first of its kind, but they have since found an older line. So it was more, it was rediscovered about a hundred years ago. Um, it is energy healing. It's considered a bioenergy technique for healing. So it's safe. It's non-invasive. Um, and it's, it runs on the principle that everything is energy and that there is a universal energy that can lend healing on physical, mental, emotional, um, and spiritual levels. So it, it focuses on, on achieving all of that um, through Reiki practitioners and it can be used on anybody it doesn't matter religion, health, um, it doesn't interfere with medications, and it's just a really awesome thing that really needs to be experienced. Cool. So would you say that um, there's, so you can say there's multiple different types. Is there many different strains that were separated by geography, or are they all from the Jap- Japan region? It originated in, in, in Japan um, in about the early 1900s. Um, it was brought over to the West, uh, through Hawaii, um, by Mrs. Takata. Uh, she did that in about 1930s. She brought it over to Japan. It kind of spread from there. Um, it's, there have been recently expansions and kind of deviations as people have kind of developed different relationships with it and that's kind of changed some of the lines so you'll find that there's a lot of different traditions but it all comes down to the same healing energy so makes sense (laughs) when when you say healing energy obviously you're you're talking about um i I mean i agree with you 100 percent that it's, it's almost scientifically based that as soon as you um, break objects down subatomically, you get, you know, quarks and you get, it, it continuously moves downwards until you are at a stage where 
there's nothing left but energy. So it's one of those things that is kind of a math is like scientific truth. Um, so I guess my question to you is how, how does the energy flow from you as the practitioner to your patient and how is it used to, to heal, uh, your patient? When you take your Reiki course, so your level, it runs at three different levels. So your level one, um, attunement will open you up to be that channel kind of a conduit um, that allows the Reiki to pass through from yourself to the person that you're working on that's receiving the treatment and each level it kind of upgrades to a little bit more um, energy that goes through so it's it's just a kind of oh what would we call that it, it's being a conduit so like the the reiki energy flows through you to your to your patient so it's kind of like an external source of energy that is flown in flown to the flows to the patient yes okay perfect so it flows in through through the crown chakra down to the practitioner's heart chakra and then out through our arms and hands so if somebody is various hand placements on the person. So when somebody is doing like a, like a, a meditation and they're doing a grounding meditation and they, they visualize um, going from the top chakra down to the root chakra and grounding, is that very similar to it sort of, I guess, except for it's coming in, not going out. It is, so the difference between the doing that and doing Reiki is that when a person who's not attuned is, is, going through the chakras and then working their way down to the grounding, it's using your own energy instead of using a universal energy that is pure and love and healing. Okay. That makes total sense, I guess. Well, I mean, it makes total sense hundred percent. Um, I mean, I haven't experienced it personally, but I have to say, I mean, it's hundred percent makes sense with the energy flowing through the person and throwing, flowing from an, an external source. How long have you been doing Reiki for? I got my level one in 2011, my level two in 2013. And just a few months ago, I got my master's. And how long did that process take? You gave me the years, but obviously there's a, a lot of uh, prep work, I'm assuming. Uh, it's, more, it's more like a relationship. Um, because it, it, it's energy, it's a living thing. Um, it, it's taking that time to, to build that relationship with the Reiki after your level one before moving on to your level two. And then again, for that extra commitment that is getting your master's. The master's itself takes about a year. Okay. So the master's itself takes approximately one year to get. So we're looking at three to four years to, to be a hundred percent trained up. Yeah, it, it really depends on, on, on the person, how much you're using it. If you're building that relationship with it, where you're at, um, with your own healing. Cool. So it's, yeah, more more or less about four years. Wow, so it's so it's quite a commitment. It's not like an over overnight uh, process. You to to uh, to be a proficient Reiki healer, hey? 
Your, your level one and two um, are about a two-day class each. So in, in that aspect, it, it's kind of quick. Like I said, it's just, it's, it's working with it. It's learning from it. And just, yeah, really, I, I really look at it like a, a relationship because it's, it's important as a Reiki practitioner to take yourself out of the equation when you're working on somebody and let the, the Reiki kind of do its thing. That doesn't mean that we can't petition for, you know, please help this client with their pain, but it's, it, it's that give and take that, that comes with it. Are you going to give the Reiki the respect? Are you going to work with it and allow it to do its job? Or are you going to boss it around? So to, to me, it's, it's a very, very personal thing. Um, that definitely requires a requ commitment, especially as you move up in the levels. That's uh, that's quite the profound understanding of it. Um, and I mean, I, I've with you, like you've you've done Reiki on me from a distance. Um, one thing I noticed is like you'll give me a message out of the blue saying, "What did you do to your shoulder?" And my shoulder would have been killing me all day, and I wouldn't have told you. Um, or or uh, hey, what's going on in your you know. You're, you're feeling a little bit down in this department of your brain and me going, okay, yes, I am. Quit, quit spying on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not spying. We have a mutual agreement that I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, Thank no, we you. do have. So is that very common? Like, I mean, if, when you're doing uh, practitioner work over like prolonged distances, or is that very common when you're working with somebody up close that you'd feel or, or see or understand specific things through the reflection of the energy coming back to you or is that just something that happens on the occasional client oh that's a loaded question all right so it's a combination of my own personal gifts um as well as yes messages received um from like reiki guides and, and doing the Reiki on somebody. And it doesn't matter if it's distance or hands-on, if there's a message or something picked up on, um, then I usually pass it on. Not everybody wants to hear what, what I've received. Not everybody wants to acknowledge what they've received. Because even as a client getting a treatment, um, you'll tend to have a lot of experiences that will even vary from appointment to appointment where it's, you know, you'll see colors or shapes or um, little pictures or memory will surface. And it's, sometimes it can be overwhelming. Sometimes it's, it's very empowering and encouraging. So would you say that that's a combination of your intuitive gifts as well as Reiki, or is that a, a gift of Reiki by and large through multiple practitioners? For myself personally, it is a combination of self gifts and um, the addition of the Reiki. Uh, some practitioners have no intuitive ability at all, and then they get their level one and find, suddenly find that they they have intuitive abilities. Um, others, we have it before we even take it. That's kind of cool. So. 
earlier in my podcast, I, I spoke of uh, like um, kind of like doctrine and practices and those sorts of things. And I was curious, uh, is there anything you do to prep before you do a rec or like a Reiki thing? Is there like a, a, a accepted process to prepare for like Reiki? As a practice, as a, as a whole, um, practitioners are taught to make sure that we we are grounded, um, and that it's we have that separation of okay, this is not about us, as well as putting those those protections in place because we're connecting with somebody on an energetic level. There's always that risk of, of transference. Um, so it's putting those protections in place so that my energy stays my energy, your energy stays your energy, but the Reiki flows through. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you, a lot you... of practitioners will sage, even the client, when the client gets there, sage is always an option or some form of cleansing. Um, that depends on if where the practice is being done, it's allowed. And if the client wants it. Okay. So um, just as a recap, then kind of with that whole thing is it's um, so it's a lot of establishing protection and making sure energies are right so that everything flows safely and effectively. Um, is there and and saging to cleanse the area. So is there like one prescribed process for conducting the Reiki or is it just, pretty much an intuitive way that the practitioner would feel to lay it out. That, that's where it comes back to that relationship thing. Um, it's, it's what works for the practitioner and what the practitioner and, and the Reiki kind of feel is the right thing to do. That's really cool. That is really cool. Um, so, Hey, so anybody who's like listening to this, like, I mean, would you have any advice in regards to energy healing or like, um, their own experiential, I guess, pre Reiki, if they decide to do the course, um, exercise they could do? Like, I mean, if, if someone came up to me and was saying they're having problems, I'd be like, okay, here's a book. I want you to start journaling and I want you to start meditating. And then afterwards we'll, we'll talk. That's, that's how I would deal with it, but I'm not a, a Reiki practitioner. Is there anything you would tell somebody to potentially get them to start energy healing on their own? Um, definitely recommend meditating, knowing, being able to check in with yourself, notice what's off, where it's off, how it is. Um, a lot of people have the ability ability to to manipulate energy and they don't realize it taking a reiki course course will help kind of streamline that and get it under control and just a, a better flow and understanding of it i recommend everybody take the course um i i i love it it's i took it kind of in a really rough spot in my life and i'm not gonna lie it totally saved me it helped me with my own healing um, and getting through some some rough times. It's it's definitely a life changing experience. Each level that you take, there's not 
really a whole lot of prep prep I can think of other than already being able to, to check in with yourself and know um, working on those protection things. So ways to protect yourself would be, you know, to picture a shield or, you know, a bubble that can wrap around you. Um, and knowing how to cut cut cords. So those would be those, those etheric cords that attach um, between like you and, and me when we do the distance treatments. Um, I cut those after so that it doesn't stay and there's no chance after I release the bubble that, you know, energy is going to kind of keep flowing. It's easy to take on an issue that the, the client is dealing with or you know, if I'm having a bad day, but I can get myself right long enough to do the treatment, I could send that back bad day along, or I could take on, you know, okay, or like your shoulder really hurts. Okay, well now my shoulder really hurts. And then I've, I've got that pain all day. So working on, on bubbling and cutting and knowing what's you so that you know when to step aside and when the messages that you get are going to be from your client and not you because there there's been a couple of times where I've been doing a Reiki on somebody else, but I get a message for me. So it's kind of like taking that step back and going, no, no, that's not them. That's me. Okay. Thanks for that. But I got to get back to this because as a practitioner there, you get that like drip off almost, you know, like when you turn the garden hose on, you get some water that runs down the hose. And so directly on your, and directly on your foot and it gets you exactly. all wet. Yes, oh, I know exactly. Cold? So the Reiki is the same thing. Every time I give a treatment, I get a bit of a treatment. For the most part, I don't usually get the messages for me because it's not about me. But that's usually a good indication too that, okay, I'm getting a little too into the treatment. Um, and it tends to be when I'm the person likes to talk through the treatment. Some people What's like really to quiet other people like to just kind of talk the entire way through because they're really nervous and that's fine what's really fascinating about that is i've noticed that uh with a number of people that i've talked to who do um energy healing tarot reading mediumship they always will say the same thing that sometimes like it's like a transference where they, they'll cast cards and i'll be like oh oh crap that's <laughs> these cards are for me but then again it's like but there's a separate segregated interpretation for them and they're usually sometimes when i do that the client ends up in tears because it's something that hits them really hard in the ribs and it's like yeah that was also for me too but i'm gonna hold it in for me and deal with that later that's not yeah. for me this is for you right <laughs> i 100 exactly. yeah 100 percent hear you where you're coming from that's really fascinating i, I mean because for me a lot of the times i my, my understanding of reiki is that it's you know, energy healing, you don't really realize that there's a lot more that kind of feeds into it. You know, um, can you walk us through how you would, how you set up for, for Reiki healing? Cause you said that it's, it, it depends on the practitioner. How would you set up like a healing session with a client? Mm. So I have my handy dandy little massage table. Um, I, Always when I'm booking the, the appointment, especially if they're a, a new to me, um, ask them, you know, if they are okay with saging or would like to be saged before it starts. Um, I run them through 
a, a little spiel that basically goes, um, this, this is energy work. It's going to do what it's going to do. A lot of Reiki practitioners will sit there. It's like, yeah, Reiki's an hour. And that's that. I don't find that. <laughs> you can't put energy on a timeline. It doesn't flow like that. It does what it needs to. If it takes an hour, great. If it takes more, okay. If it takes less, sorry, that's all she needed. Um, but I, I found that personally for me. For massage, I explained the hand placement. So it's on the top of the head where your crown chakra is. Um, I also include the ears. Um, there's your third eye, which is between your, your eyebrows there. Um, the throat, I don't actually put my hands on your, th on your throat. I put it more rest on your collarbone. That's for obvious reasons. So it doesn't look like you're choking your client out. <laughs> and, and some people have that little phobia. Uh, um, true enough, yeah. I turn my hands uh, around so that they're kind of on the top of the shoulders to do the heart chakra. Just, you know, not touching bits. I'm respecting space. Um, the solar plexus is right above your belly button. Sacral is below. And always, always I do the hips for the root chakra. Um, and then I do bottom of feet and top of feet. I start my clients off on their stomach if I'm doing both sides. That way they're not so relaxed that they can roll over a little more safely. Plus for mobility, it makes it easier when they get up afterwards. If it's their first time with me, uh, it's explaining you may have experiences. We can talk about them after if you'd like. We don't have to if you're not comfortable with it. Some people, it's don't get anything at all. If they're not happy with the Reiki treatment that I give them, I totally recommend try other people. It's going to be like finding that hairdresser or massage person. Everybody's got that different uh, ability and kind of take with it that it's, I might not be for you, but there's a Reiki practitioner out there that'll, you know, blow your socks off and you'll find wonderful, wonderful benefits from. Um, make sure everybody gets up slowly and that they're really with it before they leave because you can feel so very relaxed. Some people fall asleep, totally normal, nothing to be embarrassed about. Um, you stay fully clothed. If I've got somebody that's a little squeamish, um, I do offer that my hands are not directly on them, but more hovering above them in their aura field so that they've got that comfort. It's everything to make sure that they're comfortable and they're open. Praying is completely optional. Um, I call in Reiki masters, my guides, um, and all my people, and it is completely up to the client if they wish to do the same. Hmm. And then I do the treatment, and we talk about it after, and yeah, they usually feel great. And even if not petitioning for, you know, aches and pains, they find relief in those. Reiki tends to travel more to the heart of the issue as opposed to just kind of covering up those symptoms. That actually sounds like a really damn good treatment. <laughs> it does. It sounds like it, it actually will just 
it'll help flow the energies and, and get you to a position where you can start addressing the issues inside. And it makes it, it makes it easier. It gives you that, that confidence because it gives you that, that perspective on it where it's, you're not so emotionally involved because you've got that emotional stability to take it on. That's actually really Reiki practitioners. Sorry. We can, we can help heal specific chakras by delving into what it is that's constantly blocking it. The thing to bear in mind too, is that it, it really depends on the client. Are you using this for a bandaid or are you using this to actually heal? It's going to make the world a difference in your treatments and the benefits that you'll notice after. Cause some people, they just, they want the bandaid saying that they're going to, you know, Oh, I want to heal. I want to heal. But then when it comes time to face it, they're like, never mind. Yeah. There's uh, actually a, a guy who does a, a, um, series on on trauma i can't remember it's it's uh maskin kip maskin kip and he does does a series on how to deal with trauma and how to work with your traumas and um one of the things that he talks about um is spiritual spectators uh, and they're the people who kind of just go into a program and they're only there for the experience right they only want that little high um, and they're not really interested in, in bettering their life or bettering themselves. Um, and I think you hit it on the head because there's a lot of people who will just do this as an experience, you know, oh, I'm going to go see my Reiki practitioner, right? And not say, I'm going to go in and confront the things on the inside that I should be writing about extensively in my book of shadows. And I, I'm going to be confronting the demons in my closet because they don't want to. It's a painful experience. It's a painful journey. Um, and I'm happy to hear that Reiki can facilitate that too, because that's, that's baby steps, stepping, skipping stones on the way to recovery, right? Like that's, that's it right there in a nutshell. It is. And, and that's not to discourage anybody that's not willing to take that, you know, look at their, their demons and face them down by all means, keep going because it's going to give you that, that foundation is going to plant those seeds of courage where one day you're going to be like, yeah, you know what? No, like I'm sick of this. I'm facing it. Let's do it. And Reiki offers a few different ways in which to tackle those demons so that it's done in a safe, loving environment. That's, that's amazing. What, if somebody was looking, if someone's in the, like the Edmonton area and they're looking for your services, where would they, uh, where would they look you up? I can be found. So my website is trulyyouwell.ca. Trulyyouwell.ca. Yeah. So my cool. business is Truly You Wellness. Uh, you can Google it. I can be found. Woohoo. Uh, I also have a Facebook page and I am working on starting some kind of blogs, videos and whatnot myself. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thank you very much for coming out and giving a yik yak and a chit chat about, uh, about Reiki healing. That's, this has been a very amazing. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Have a wonderful day, my friend. You too. And that concludes another wonderful episode of Bucky's Pagan Guided Adventures. That was Shay Mitchell. And she is a master Reiki healer. 
And she is the Master Reiki healer that I go and see. So I'm actually very flattered that she came on the show. Um, next week, I'm looking forward to getting back on track with another solo myself talking about the stuff of the universe. So please subscribe. Check me out at uh, Bucky's Tarot or at Tarot by Bucky uh, on the good old Facebook. And uh, you have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you.